your martial arts movie podcast. Ha-ha! I threw that shit before I walked in the room! Featuring drunken Thai boxer, Will. Too bad you will die. The also drunken wrestler, Mark. I said I don't want trouble! And drunken karate master, Zero. You've lost your boss. And now... Paul, Paul, Paul. I don't come You know, baby. Fists of Fail. All right, we're finally doing The Raid 2, a movie that I've been wanting to watch for forever again. I fucking love this movie. Um, I feel like most of us would be, right? But um, I remembered how long this movie was. <laughs> and, um, and unfortunately, I'm experiencing some back pain right now. Uh, just being old, I guess. And uh, my way of combating that was, okay, I tried ibuprofen, all my avenues, and whenever I experience back pain or any sort of pain that's very crippling, I decide to have an edible. So I thought to myself, why don't I have one right before this movie so that halfway through this almost three-hour venture, uh, I can you know, appreciate it a different way. It only kicked in as soon as the movie was over. <laughs> and then I just sat there in silence like, did I just watch that? And then I just started contemplating it's like how violent the movie was <laughs> after the fact. Yes, this is a very, 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 very violent movie <laughs> for people who right. have not even seen the first one. Uh, that one's violent. Oh, yeah. This one... It does what a sequel should do. Uh, it ramps everything up. Mm-hmm. Uh, violence gets ramped up. Story gets more complicated. Things feel bigger and more grandiose, but in a good way, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's weird because people still kind of reference the first one a lot anytime there is a situation where you have to fight your way out of something, right? Okay, yeah. Uh, like people, people always compare it to like, oh, it's like the raid, but with this. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think you could do that with this movie because it's such a departure in terms of the story. Right. It could have been, oh, Eco's stuck in another building and he needs to fight his way out, you know, an even bigger building. Like they could have easily gone that route. Thankfully, they don't. But it, it's everything just gets more complicated, but in in more positive ways. Right. Well, this movie's The Raid, but with crime families, I guess. I don't know. The, Is the there raid... even any raiding going on? No, not really. You know, Gareth Evans even said initially, as soon as The Raid 1 uh, finished production, he thought he, he was already writing the script for was was the prototype for this movie. And uh, it was supposed to be a standalone film. And it kind of shows at times, right? Because you, you, you almost feel like there's almost no connection to the first movie. I think you talked about this off camera or off mic uh, last time uh, you and I were talking. Um, but then, as soon as you know the, as soon as the word of mouth of the raid one being so, you know, being as great as it is, and you know, started to you know garner so much attention, he started to he rewrote the script to be a continuation of the first movie, although. He does kind of like you can kind of see where like the the references to the first movie end. It's like, all right, we we made the connections. Now it's its own movie. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, otherwise, my understanding, yeah. My understanding with this film is this came this actually came before the raid. 
they realized mm. that it was too big in scope in terms of fighting and action and everything. Wow. So they shelved it. They actually kept all the fight choreography and they decided to make everything brand new because for the raid, it was going to be a more simple, condensed story. Right, right. And there's there, there's a nice simplicity to the the first raid. I, I mean, that movie's great because of like how bare bones the, the story is. This is the complete opposite. There is a <laughs> lot of story in this movie. There's a lot of story. And yeah. it, it, so I would, this is only the second time I've seen this movie. After the yeah. first watch, I knew that I liked it and I didn't want to see it again because <laughs> it was a lot to take in. You know, that yeah. movie is exhausting in the most positive way I could say. Because Are you referring to the first one or are you talking about this one right here? The second one. Second. second okay yeah yeah the second one after watching that movie like you feel for eco at the end because you have gone through this long ass journey with him you're with him in those exhausting battles and at the end i was like oh okay i don't need to watch that again and yeah yeah i guess let's see the movie came out 2014 14, so it's yeah. been uh, seven, seven years, years mm-hmm. since i've seen it so yeah, I I've been dying to see this again, but I knew that it was I haven't seen this since the the release either. I saw this in theaters, uh, one of the few martial arts films that I like actually have the opportunity to see, and it had garnered like a full audience. It was really? you know, like my theater was packed. Um, <laughs> there are actually distinct moments from this movie that I remember how the audience reacted to it. That's how <laughs> memorable this experience was. I, I saw this and the, the first movie in theaters, but I feel like we got more reactions out of the second one. And uh, but yeah, like I think the reason why I didn't watch it again was because it was so cr- incredibly long, and some of it could have been condensed for sure. Oh yeah. Um, there's an entire character that's in the movie which I don't want to see incredibly nitpicky. I, I know exactly he, <laughs> who you're talking about, and I have a, probably the exact same opinion on removing him completely. Yeah, yeah, but well, I mean, yeah, you can totally make a cut of the version uh, where that where I mean, we could say it right here. Yayan is in the movie, uh, not the same character he was in the first movie. Correct. This isn't really a spoiler. I mean, this isn't really... He doesn't add anything to the movie, except for this tiny little... Um, he's like... He is the catalyst, catalyst for yeah. the gang war at the end. They yeah. use him in order to get you know everything kind of started. Right. But they could have easily wrote around that. Right. They exactly. He didn't need to be there. and But we can go into that in a little more detail later. Yeah, of course. I want to share my movie-going experience <laughs> sure. with this film. So you said you got to see this in a packed house, uh-huh. you know, with a bunch of uh, other people. So I got to see this movie in an advanced screening for free mm. before, you know, it was going to come out in the U.S. Uh, officially. And I thought, oh, man, this is going to be great. I'm going to be here with like a bunch of other martial arts fans uh, because they advert. I, th- I think they were kind of advertising it on places where they, you know, other martial arts uh, enthusiasts would uh, find it. And when I got there, I want to say there was probably only 20 people in the theater. Really? And it was in the SVA theater, the theater where we saw Raging Fire. So imagine mm-hmm. that theater. Imagine only 20 people. Now imagine that the director, Gareth Evans, was there. 
Iko Uwais was there, and Hammer Girl was there. Julia Stell, yeah. Yeah, for a Q&A afterwards. And I was so grateful that these people were here, but I felt really, uh, I don't want to say embarrassed. I felt awkward that like a big audience didn't show up for right, it. It was, right. it was a weird feeling. Like I was, I was happy, but I kept on kind of turning around for reactions to peep from people, you know? <laughs> All right. Well, this time you could watch it in the comfort of your own home. So the only person, the only people's, uh, uh, responses that you care about are your own pretty much yeah yeah, yeah. um i mean that that's interesting you're probably you're probably part of that first wave of um immediate uh, initial responses and yeah, your mouth, responses probably dictated the word of mouth that eventually got people like me who watched it like the day of the theatrical release i and think the notoriety of the first film was <laughs> could have carried that without oh, yeah. any sort of free yeah. word of mouth because this you know the first one is just was just so uh which is so well received mm-hmm. yeah but yeah at the same time i can understand if someone was to watch the first one and you know they have a preconceived notion that like it's just straight up action and it really is it's just, just non-stop fighting and very little plot there, there is plot but there's very little this one there's a there's a lot of plot but at the same time, there's a lot of fighting. So it's not like they compromised on anything. It's just <laughs> yeah. like, all right, we have a lot of fighting still. In fact, I think there's there might even be more. Because I think, so. I think there's yeah, more fighting in this one. I, I started counting and I think there yeah, there, there must be a lot more fighting or a lot or fight scenes in this movie uh, altogether. And we're not saying quantity over quality, but my God, like I didn't think that they would you know I think the quality of the fights are actually kind of even better than the first one. I actually I like the fights a lot more in this movie. Uh, a lot, a lot of them are a lot more memorable, and I think a lot of it has to do with the, the 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 obvious elephant in the room. We have different sets, we have different locations. Uh, right, like right. all things, these things add up. Things you know, your your eye uh, can look at different locations other than apartment complex. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of nice. Uh, every I feel like every fight scene, or basically every scene, is so visually distinct from the next. Um, it, it like breaks up the monotony. I mean, there's a story as well, so that definitely adds to it. So like you're feel like it's pretty engaging for the most part. Before I continue, do you want to take a crack at the story? Sure. Um, hmm. So after the events of the first movie, uh, Eco. And friends escape the building, <laughs> and they believe they believe that their that the evidence they got at the end of the movie is going to be enough to put away whomever you know every all the big people involved. Yep. And his superior tells him that that's not the case. You can't put away people um, fairly or legally or you know correctly through the legal system. So he sends Eco undercover into prison to befriend the son of a major mob crime boss, lord, yeah. mm-hmm. crime lord, whatever. And uh, it's just about him doing that and all the <laughs> shenanigans that come along with it. Okay. <laughs> all right. 
Uh, now, we, we, we've seen this kind of story like countless times in these prison dramas slash like cop procedural movies. Yes. Um, where someone's like undercover and it they, they basically is a mole for the, the police until they can infiltrate the highest order of the crime family. Um, but uh, I don't know what it is. There's something about this movie that reminds me of something I read in college when I took a film film literacy or one of those classes that, that was like elective that I don't remember anything about. But the one thing that I, I that was um, I read in a book and I don't remember the author. I don't remember the name of the book. I just remember this one thing that was written in there, which was like in the first Indiana Jones film, and you'll know what I'm talking about. And, and I'll get to my point in a second. In the first Indiana Jones film, um, that movie's great, but the the quote-unquote problem with it is that the main character doesn't have anything to do with the story, doesn't affect the story, or doesn't affect oh, the I've, outcome. I've heard this argument where if you took Indiana Jones out of it, the movie... Yeah, it's the same. Like, think, like the plot could still go on without him. He doesn't yeah. technically move anything forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I watched <laughs> this movie like about a year out of college, and I remember that quote just like really <clears throat> staying fresh in my mind. I was like, I guess you could take Eco out of the movie and nothing would really change, right? No, because, uh, I would say that's incorrect. No? I, I, because uh, in an important fight scene, uh, he saves the major mob boss's son's life. And if he didn't, if he was not there uh, to do that, yeah, then yeah. That the whole gang war would have never happened. Right, right. There's a, well, hmm, I guess uh, there are some pivotal moments in the movie, but then... Outside of that, uh, Eco does take a little back seat uh, towards the middle of the movie. He comes back with a vengeance at the very end, uh, and it's just like relentless how much he has to go through. But there is a, a portion of the movie where it's really he just kind of disappears from the movie, or he's kind of like uh, sidelined a lot um, story wise. So right. that's why it kind of feels that way for me. Um, that, like he just kind of disappears from the film. But when he comes back, he's like, "All right, it's it's the Eco Wise show." Right. <laughs> So there is a point. So this is a long movie. It's two and a half oh, yeah. hours long. Um, there is a point in the movie where the pacing finally like hit hit a low for me because mm. everything was I was fully engaged. It, it it's a little bit of a slow burn, but you're constantly getting fed inf fed information. You want to know what Eco needs to do next, how things need to unravel, how yeah. he's going to get out of his very very dire situation. And unfortunately, once Yayan appears, like I felt uh, like the pacing just drop. Yeah. Because I think that kind of goes in line with what you were saying, where he leaves and then other stuff happens. And the other stuff happens for me was not interesting. Mm -hmm. And I could feel it was really shoehorned in there because... <laughs> Everybody loves Yayan. He's great. Oh, you yeah, know? he's great. Amazing fighter, did the choreography of the movie, and they just gave him another character to be. Yeah. And I don't feel he should have been there. I think yeah. that really should have been cut out. Right. Well, Gareth obviously didn't want to do the movie in general if he couldn't get Yayan to do the choreography again, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I think Yayan's style of choreography is very, like, it's like a very signature thing of his. I feel like um, it's like the the, the trifecta, right? It, like in order to make any of them work well with one another, you need Gareth 
Evans as the, the directing seat. You need Yayan as a choreographer, and you need Eco as lead. Like that, that that's like the trinity. You take yeah. one per one component out, it's like it doesn't really work. Um, so yeah, like I'm glad Yayan's in, actually in the movie doing the choreography, but then his character is just kind of like there. <laughs> He's supposed to be a sympathetic hitman, and yeah. uh, they they just do very tropey stuff with him. Hey. He misses yeah. his son. Hey, I'm going to look at a picture of my son in this trinket that I wear. It's like, oh, come I, on. I, no, I didn't mind all that stuff. I didn't. I would have just preferred it wasn't in the movie, though. I, I still, I mean, tropey as it is, like, it just, it adds, a, it adds two fight scenes, which the first one's okay. The second one, I actually kind of like, kind of like. Um, there's some good things to gleam off of it. But yeah, like it just adds padding to the movie and you could easily replace his character with like some Japanese mob boss character that like is inconsequential and it would change nothing. I would say don't even have his character in there because they were going to go to, they were going to have the, the mob boss's son wanted the gang more anyway. I think he could have just went for it without needing Mm -hmm. uh, Yayan's character as a catalyst. Right, right. Um... But the, the whole movie is revolving around uh, Arifin, uh, I'm going to mispronounce Putra. it. Putra. Uh, Putra, yeah. Um, I think he does his own dubbing in the English dub of the movie because I've watched this in the um, in theaters and it was dubbed from what I remember. Uh, I know, I know. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, dubs. <laughs> we're purists here. Uh, yeah, and the whole movie is revolving on him. He's obviously the son of the um, the Indonesian crime boss who is at odds with the Japanese crime boss, uh, crime family, and he just wants to start a gang war essentially because he feels he's basically like your entitled, arrogant, you know, prick of a, a character who you know wants power but his father's not allowing it. He's like the the warmonger when his father is like a pacifist, so he he sees his dad as like weak. As a result of that, right, his father used to be this menacing figure that everybody kind of feared. Yeah, that fear has died down, and you know now his son feel fear feels like, oh, why why is that happening? We should you know we should keep right. that fear alive. We should be taking the power. Yeah, one thing that the movie tries to do is set this character up, his and Eco's character uh, character relation up, almost like there's like a a small budding uh, like romance maybe like some sort of camaraderie between the two and then like you know definitely a brotherhood between eh, them a little bit a little (laughs) bit but he's such a dick and it almost feels like it's not really there (laughs) towards the end of the movie uh they try to pull out your heartstrings just a little bit and it's like i don't i don't know it almost feels like this doesn't this isn't really earned he's just been kind of a a douche throughout the whole movie and not treating eco well whatsoever right so yeah I i didn't really get that uh, and we're talking about a lot about the story and stuff because the movie is very, very story driven. <clears throat> um, but yeah, there, there's a ton of fighting in the movie. Um, I think the my favorite thing about this movie, uh, revolving around the action, is all the techniques that they try to use, uh, that they actually successfully used in the movie to accomplish all the feats, like the final product, basically. Uh, all, all like 
practical and dig digital effects being added together, like, uh, you know, like all things that they did with the scenery and, and the sets design, um, like how they made things dynamic and you can like literally cut out walls. Like it's, it's, it's great. And I don't know if you knew this, Zero. I was watching the behind the scenes. Gareth Evans edited on set. Yeah, I, I read that that detail. Yeah, I mean, that's with crazy. modern technology, we can do that. You know, you don't have yeah. to wait for film to get developed and then bring it to that room, bring it to that big reel. Yeah, yeah. and then go. You know, right? I think the traditional that 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 old viewfinder. Yeah, yeah. The traditional route was. I mean, people still. You know, they take multiple cuts of everything, but you know that obviously cuts down a lot on production. It's like, okay, well, let's let's look at, let's take the footage, edit it really quickly, just to see if what, what we're missing and or if things need to be done again. And that's that's awesome. Um, and also, it's, it's just great to like actually have like uh, the director's eye like on set, so we can you know tweak little things. I don't know, like everything's just uh, there's a lot of like things that work in the movie. I actually find this. A little hard to find things that don't work like uh, so again there might be a little bit of a uh reverse of my usual mo being the super nitpicky guy <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great because i'll be the nitpicky person oh, okay great for awesome. this one yeah um i i love the the technical side of the choreography and everything because it's very very evident that a lot of work had to go into designing the action designing how complicated these fights are because there's a lot of fighting and mm -hmm. a lot of it goes on for a long time oh, and yeah. there's a lot of very long takes as well so you can't just half-ass that stuff and then just expect to fix it in the editing room mm -hmm. um, so i i really appreciate the movie in that aspect but i don't know um when i was thinking about it I couldn't really remember a lot of fight scenes after mm. I first uh, watched the film. And this is, this is before I was really, really analyzing fights. I right. remember coming out of it thinking like, okay, I, I know the fighting was good. Like I, I could understand that. But when I was trying to think about it, like I couldn't remember like as much as I like wanted to. Like I, I think the ones that stood out to me were the ones that were just very, very, uh, visually clear and interesting, like the hammer girl fight, because oh, yeah. it is a woman fighting with two hammers on a subway. That's <laughs> memorable for a reason. Like that, that's like a, a gimme. Yep. And then the last fight, I only remembered that because I remembered thinking, this is really long. I'm getting exhausted watching this. Like it, oh, it's yeah. like a, it's like an exercise in endurance for Eco and Sasef. And then the audience member as well, because there's not a lot of breaks in that fight, right? Oh, there, there are breaks that they actually give you an actual intermission. In, in you know, I know, I know. But like when the fight's happening, yeah. it just keeps going. And that's uh -huh. how a lot of the fights in this movie are. They just once they start, it goes on until <laughs> until you're done. And then you're just like, OK, is it over yet? Uh, OK, OK, good, good. And like right. the characters themselves, that's finally your chance to breathe yeah yeah the 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 most uh, for better or for worse uh especially with the indonesian films uh i mean maybe not in general but you know the the trend that gareth evans and started was you know like we are going to stand out from the pack from the rest of the martial arts world 
by making our action hyper violent. Like, okay, I mean, okay, maybe maybe hyper violent isn't the best way to describe it because like it, it is super violent, obviously. But then a lot, you know, people say the same thing about like Tarantino movies, like they're hyper violent, or you know, like but like this is. I, I like to consider like uh, these movies, the raid movies, uh, hyper realistic violent. Like, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Okay, it's it's not like Tarantino where it's like people are gushing blood and it's like okay, that's like stylized and like it's so hyper violent, like ex- exaggerated violence. Um, these movies are like they show the violence, but it look it's so it so realistic it look it becomes like it becomes like uncanny valley effect where it's like it's so it it leans so much towards the realistic side that it starts to feel like foreign to us and then as a result it feels less realistic like a ragdoll effect you know have you ever seen someone like a ragdoll in real life like they get hit by a car they're flying around you don't expect them to actually have like ragdoll physics but that's what happens right. it looks weird it's like so these movies like for the most part, sometimes the violence is like super stylized and silly looking. But other times, it's like, oh, that guy's like bleeding in a in a very realistic fashion. That's that's kind of like unsettling, and it and and has like the inverse effect in making it feel less realistic, or your perception of it is less realistic. Or maybe this is all me, and I'm just uh, <laughs> speaking out my ass right now. But yeah, that's that's how I like look at these films. Like the violence is like the um, the centerpiece of yes. the 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 move the action, and yeah. like I think the most memorable moments are the ones where like oh look at that guy's head being split open. Oh look at that guy's arm being ripped apart. Um, and it's sometimes less. It's more of that and less of the actual choreography. So right. that could be a considered a, a negative thing. Just so just to jump on that a little bit. So like where when Tarantino does violence, he does it in a way where it's, you know, it's bloody and kind of realistic, but it goes to this point where it becomes kind of silly because of how excessive it can be. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there is kind of like an en- like a likable enjoyment to that where you can kind of laugh at it. Not not because it's funny, but because it's so over the top, it gives you that feeling of like, oh, oh whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> In this movie, when violent things happen, the intent from the attackers is, I, I want to hurt you or like, I want to kill you. Yep. And there's nothing funny about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Like this, this takes its vi- uh, the violence very, very seriously. Mm-hmm. And it never not never but it almost always feels like we're not laughing at anything happening right <laughs> for the most part yeah there I mean, are knee-jerk reactions where something extremely violent happens but you cringe or you you groan out loud yeah but you're not like whoa that was great you're just like oh <laughs> yeah yeah i mean the movie is notorious for both these movies are notorious for a reason like it is hyper violent hyper realistic violent um, yeah, like they portray the violence as almost like matter of fact. Sometimes it's like something gory is happening, like borderline gory is happening on screen, and it just like they're just like, all right, let's just gonna move on to the next thing. Like, don't don't focus on it. It's like <laughs> sometimes, and other times, it's like, all right, let's really hone in on the fact that this guy's mouth is getting split open because someone is pulling it open. Right. Yeah, and I want to talk about that fight too because I know you're not a big fan of it. 
Oh, um, uh, you would be wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah? Okay. All right. Yeah, well, yeah. maybe maybe we'll talk about that in the action segment of this if you listen to us on Patreon. Oh, yeah. You should do that because uh, our podcast episodes are actually a lot longer if you look at the the, the, uh, the timestamp. I, I noticed that we're mm-hmm. getting like 30 minutes you know, yeah. in on uh, Anchor and whatnot, and then yep. I always forget that. Oh, we've actually spoken about... An hour's worth of fighting. <laughs> We're probably going to talk about this for a lot longer because there is yeah. so much fighting in this. But uh, yeah, check us out on Patreon because now we're going to talk about the actual action. At least there's, unless there's something else you want to talk about first. No, no, let's get into it. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. We're at the point where we give our recommendations, but there's a whole wealth of audio you would be listening to here if you follow us on Patreon. There you can listen to the entire episode, including an exclusive action breakdown of the fights in the movie. But you can still support us by liking us on all the things and watch this and other episodes on YouTube with visual cues to accompany our discussion. And now on to our final thoughts. I will say, I mean, without spoiling the ending, um, the, I don't like the way it ends. It's, it's like almost bittersweet. It it ends kind of inconclusively, uh, almost like they're trying to set up for a raid three, but not really. It's like, it doesn't have to have a raid three technically. Because did you hear his? Did you see his interview? Uh, yeah, so he, they're well, never. Well, I don't know what the rate. latest news is because last thing I said, like he said, like it's not happening. Yeah, he said it's not happening, and he gave the, his original pitch for mm. the movie. It, it yeah. wasn't gonna. It was gonna be more about the the Japanese mob. Like I think okay. Ico wasn't even gonna be in it. I can't. I, I can't mean, recall. if you watch the ending, you can kind of assume like what, like if, what happened to the character if that's the case. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It'd be I think, weird I think that's Ico. kind of up for interpretation, actually. Yeah, because they yeah, cut, they intentionally cut out the audio. Right. Whereas the first movie was like, I mean, both these movies are really dark and somber and you know very gritty. Uh, the first one kind of ends on a good note. This movie just does not have any like positive up uptones like ever. It's just Never. like always yeah. stays in this really dark territory. And it ends in a dark place, and it's like, oh, kind of, kind of want like Eco to kind of rise above it, um, you know. Well, you he, you get that moment before he goes into the last action scene where he's speaking with his wife again, and that's supposed to be his. Okay, you're safe. Okay, I'm gonna torpedo my. You know, he he literally kamikazes in there because I think the idea was he knows he's gonna die. Yeah. He just wants to get in there and kind of take care of everything right i mean like at this point because we're two movies in and especially since these movies are so this movie specifically is so long kind of want the character to like live on and like do more things after this but then like the end of the movie is so amb- ambiguous uh it's a good thing and bad thing it's, it's bittersweet um but uh yeah raid two fucking uh fucking intense man (laughs) well based off this converse this very very long conversation we had you know it's uh still not as long as movie there's a lot 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 to talk about with this film but that was all the action we couldn't even really cover all of it in detail because there's there's so much so much yeah in the best way possible and um it's almost a shame that they're not going to do a raid three because but at the same time like i'm actually kind of glad because it's very hard to top this movie and you would have to go even further with uh, like everything that they accomplished in this movie um it's it's no it's no it's not even up for debate like i, I definitely recommend this movie uh, I, I fucking loved it when i first watched it 
it's it's up there when it comes to like the iconic martial arts movies like it's probably one of the more recent iconic in quotes iconic uh must watch martial arts movies but yeah it's it's there for a reason and it's just the real question is whether or not to just watch the fight oh well one who always asks this is just to watch the fight scenes without context i think you need to watch the movie you but you could still enjoy the fights without context that's how fucking good they are but the real question is is it better than the first movie <laughs> i think that from a technical aspect it is because you can see they they knew they they set their benchmark with the first movie which is pretty good and they knew what they wanted to do they made everything bigger and better yep. they went for a sequel that was going to surpass what they originally did yeah but the thing is the first movie is still pretty good oh, i yeah, think it's still good yeah uh, so that's what i mean like the the first movie is still pretty good i think this is just the better film in terms of like making sure they outdid themselves mm-hmm. even though right. the first one is still good yeah that's why i don't want to read three because of the fact that like they outdid themselves I can't imagine, you know, imagine how long the final fight sequences would be. They'd be like 20 minutes each, like five in a row. <laughs> uh, that's the only way to top Raid 2, because uh, it's just that insane. Um, I don't know. I mean, I said my piece, like, uh, Zero, what are, you, what are your thoughts on, on the Raid 2? Yeah, I mean, basically things? everything you said. Uh, I am very critical of this film because I think it's very good. And it might have sounded like, I hated that last fight, which I don't. I just, I'm just, I, I, I felt exhausted watching this movie. Everyone and does. <laughs> everyone does. But as I, as I was critical with the Yayan fight where I felt it wasn't needed, like I'm very big on cutting things out that aren't necessary. Yeah. Even though I like fights, I love watching fight scenes. Like I want them to feel like they're, you know they're not excessive sometimes and in terms of the movie ex- an excessively long fight makes sense because we need to feel tired with ego at the end but yep. for me i was i wasn't digging the beginning of that fight anyway i did like the end of it when when the um karambits come out yeah okay well um yeah i don't, I don't know what else to add to that this movie is freaking great uh i definitely say check it out and I don't know. It's a fucking raid too. It's it's great. Uh, they, they, again, uh, do you? Without saying, I mean, we both know that the first movie is is also just you know is also a great martial arts movie. What are your thoughts like if you have to recommend one versus the other, or is that even not fair to compare? The no, two? I don't. I don't think that's fair because they're both they're different films. You're not raiding anymore in the same. <laughs> yeah. The the first movie is very well known now because it kind of set up its own kind of like archetype trapped in a you know trapped in a in a building against you know a whole slew of opponents trying to fight your way out it's kind of like die hard but they they did it a little differently right yeah yeah so Um, it's like because now now you hear people say oh it's like the raid but with this yeah yeah the raid definitely like set the standard when it comes to exactly you know their own thing i don't hear people say it's like the raid 2 but, well, the Raid 2 is more complicated. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and that's why I like the Raid 2 more. Uh, there's an actual story. Uh, the first movie is super self-contained. It's like very A to B with a tiny little twist in the middle. 
But this movie is like there's so much going on, and I actually kind of like that, even from a storytelling standpoint. Um, it's a little bit more. Uh, I don't know if engaging is the word I want to use. But it's a little bit more intriguing, I guess, because there's a, a little bit more um, like twists and turns here and there. But it does make for a longer movie, so I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, so the Raid Two, go check it out. And if you're still if you're still on the fence, like, fucking stop this this episode right now. Go watch it. That's all I'm <laughs> oh, gonna so, say. So so let me end on a final note with mm-hmm. uh, my screening of the Raid Two. Yeah. You know, we got to I got to uh, see Gareth, uh, Julie, and Eco speak about the film. And because there's only 20 people in the movie theater, you know, there wasn't, it wasn't like um, a lot of people were asking questions or anything like that. Once, once the Q&A ended, like we all left together, everybody, everybody on stage and then all the audience members. And I got up and I started walking out and I realized I was walking next to Eco. And so I turned to him and I said, oh, I really liked your movie. And he said... Thank you. <laughs> and that's when you take out your karambit and both have a fight in the middle of the, the theater. <laughs> yes. <laughs>